Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Banks of the Raritan Podcast, presented by the Fans First Sports Network. Banks of the Raritan Podcast here for another edition, heading into the most important stretch of the season for Rutgers, and one of the most important stretches since Greg Schiano returned to the Banks. Greg Petuto here, as always, with Matt Forno. Matt, how are you doing on this fine Friday morning? I'm not, I'm not, not bad, not bad. In my opinion, it's a new season that starts tomorrow uh, at noon. I think it's a whole new season. Uh, phase one's complete. Now we're on to phase two, all big 10 opponents up ahead and it's, it's time to roll. That's a great way to put it in, in terms of it being a new season, because it, it feels true. You know, it feels like the season has gone the way that it should have to this point. You know, again, even as much as fans tried to talk themselves into a win against Wisconsin, I think, if you you throw truth serum on them, they know that they weren't going to win that game. And having four wins heading into Michigan State and Indiana is the perfect spot to be. And that's where Rutgers finds themselves as they host a reeling Spartan team, a team that is also going to come in thinking they could win this game. That's the exciting part is that both teams think that they could win this game. Rutgers having the home field advantage, homecoming, a couple five stars on campus for basketball. It should be an exciting environment for Rutgers to hopefully pick up a win. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Both of these teams, both of these fan bases coming into this game, expecting a win. Uh, doesn't, it obviously helps. Rutgers is finding unneeded motivation when you have that, I think, Detroit area news anchor saying, you know, every Big Ten team's looking forward to seeing Rutgers as an opponent on their schedule. That may have been true a couple years ago or even last year, but this year I think it's totally different. I uh, certainly don't think Michigan State should be feeling overly confident coming into this game, as should Rutgers. I don't think either team uh has i guess Rutgers definitely has performed better than michigan state just based off of how many turnovers michigan state has had but yeah this is a game where it's important for both teams both teams have the same goal of of getting to a bowl game and for michigan state they are on a i think a three game losing streak. i think they're two and three uh so they uh, i mean both teams need to win bad but michigan state certainly needs it a lot more because they lose this game not sure who they have next week Maybe it might be Michigan, but the wheels can quickly fall off for them. Uh, and a, a two-win season for them or a three-win season for them is a massive concern, especially when they're going to need to be hiring a head coach this offseason. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, it should be should be a competitive game, but I also think it's a game that Rutgers should rightfully be favored in, which they are. Yeah, bold thing for that anchor to say. I mean, I know these two sides don't like each other, obviously, but when you look at Michigan State, that's a program that's been down um, everything that's going on, you know, with Mel Tucker and the head coaching situation. And then you look at just what they've done over the past couple of years. You know, they all right. They hit a home run in, in the transfer portal. They landed Kenneth Walker. And, you know, if it wasn't for that year, him running all over the country and Thor, uh, Payne Thorne having two of the best receivers in the country that year. That was an outlier of a season that land. But then you look at it, it led to one of the worst contracts that we've seen from a head coach. So, I mean, right, uh, Michigan State's been in turmoil. And, and again, you throw that season out. They land Ken. Still can't believe they land Kenneth Walker, and they have that season. Regardless, it's in the rear view. But yep, very bold of people to be coming at Rutgers on the Michigan State side with what they've dealt with this year. But that's to that's to be expected. It's a little more motivation, like you said. Yeah, I think uh, it's funny though because, like, if in my opinion, if there's a team that most Big Ten teams would love to have faced 
earlier in the year, it was Northwestern because of the issues that they were dealing with and also just because the team's not very good. But Michigan State, as the season has progressed, it's just fallen. It's gotten worse and worse for them. It has not gotten better. I don't think they scored an offensive touchdown against Iowa, which isn't like unheard of. Iowa's defense is very good, especially when they're playing at home. But they scored on a, a fumble that a fumble recovery that landed right in the linebacker's hand, and he took it took it back to the house. Uh, so I mean, I I I did everybody a favor. I watched the full game highlights of that game, the abbreviated highlights. I swear, were just field goals and that play and then uh DeGene's punt return like it it was it was tough it was a tough watch like credit to the Iowa fans for staying for that whole game they had to it was a close one but my goodness that was not a fun game to watch we'll talk about Iowa in a couple weeks but if you their tight ends are so good but outside of that it's it's crazy what that like it is it is insane what's going on over there but to focus on Michigan State uh one thing I think I that does concern me is in that game against Iowa, their kicker nailed, drilled a 58 yard field goal on the road. Like they have a good kicker. So that's something, not, nothing against Jay Patel. This hasn't had that much opportunity. I've always kind of talked about him as a X factor for this team, but you know, he hasn't, I mean, he did it great against temple outside of that. He's kind of just been quiet since then. I think he maybe kicked a field goal against, might have kicked a field goal. I think he did kick. No, I don't know. I don't think he did kick a field goal against Virginia Tech. Missed the one against Michigan. Didn't attempt one against Michigan or Wisconsin. Missed that one. Um, yeah, missed the one against Wagner, but it was short. Uh, so th- that is something that I mean. I don't think Michigan State's offense is awful. The problem with them is they just turn the ball over a lot. And I do like their transfer running back from UConn. I think he's a good player. I, I think these teams offensively are very similar, but for different ways. They want to run the ball, but what they can pass the ball, they just turn it over too much. In the other case with Rutgers, they want to run the ball and they just don't pass enough. They don't necessarily turn the ball over, but it ultimately results in the same thing because we're punting the ball away. So. It's going to come down to, I think, who can establish the run and play better defense. And I think Rutgers' defense is definitely better than Michigan State's. Yeah, it goes back to what Rutgers has been doing the first couple weeks of the season. You know, it's hard to I've, – I've been down on the play calling. I was high on it early on. I've been down on it recently because it's been, you know, very – again, very vanilla, very boring. But this is a game where it feels like Kirk's Rock is going to have to stick with that game plan. I mean, they kind of – they've dug their heels in to this point of the season. They They know their identity. They're going to try and do it. My issue is if it doesn't work, he doesn't get off of it. So if Michigan State comes out and and plays well against that game plan of Rutgers, we need to see Sorak and the offense make an adjustment. That's what he's yet to do. But regardless, running the ball, playing defense, that will be the theme. And Michigan State, I mean, Harlan Barnett's still yet to to name a starting quarterback, but it looks like they're going to go away from Noah Kim. He's been really bad the past three weeks. Yep. Yeah, I I like to – I remember watching no. The most I watched of Noah Kim was the first Friday of college football, just because it was one of the few games on, and he looked competent. He looked good, but you know you have to take you have to realize who they were playing. The first game, first week of any season, whether it's the NFL or college football, kind of have to look at it in a vacuum, just because there's not film on tape. This is the first real game experience people are having, uh, but but he looked okay, and I was completely unfamiliar with him. I, I don't think he was the quarterback last year. It was Peyton Thorne last year. Um, it was, he just, he, the worst, the, the thing that works against him the most is he's just small. He's about 6'2", but like 185 pounds, like yeah, against a Rutgers, against a Rutgers defense like this, like, I don't know, I could see him getting banged up or, or just hurt. So I think they, I think they definitely needed to make a change. He was certainly turning the ball over way too much. Uh, so that was a problem. Uh, but they, one thing that I feel like they, Michigan State always has is pretty good skilled position players. I don't really know how well their offensive offensive line is. It's I'd probably it probably can be graded above Rutgers. But when it comes to Rutgers, like their their running game is pretty much run it effectively when they need to. On first down, I don't feel like they're very effective. They're hit or miss there. They either get caught up at the line of scrimmage or get seven yards, and then they're able to pick up the first down when it's you know third and one or third and two. But we're going to need to see them be able to establish. Like well, you mentioned, Kirk Sirachins, where I'm getting is is yes, his script. When the script goes according to plan, nobody's complaining. It's working. Nobody. It doesn't. We're not seeing fireworks. We're not seeing uh, big plays. It's just working, which is all I want to see. What we saw against Wisconsin is like when things don't go as planned. Like it's like, what are we doing now? Like we we can't adapt. I don't know if we're going to have to necessarily. 
Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have to adapt or change the script against Michigan State because I don't think anybody is necessarily worried with their defense. I mean, Wisconsin or uh, Washington handled them very easily. Now that was across the that was in the in Seattle, of course, and against a possibly playoff a, def, a, a definite possible playoff team in Washington with Michael Penix at quarterback. But then Maryland handled them as well too, and that also was at home or it might have been in Michigan. That might have been in Michigan State. Um, so I think that they, this is a game Rutgers certainly should look better. Again, they were competitive against Wisconsin, and that's a tough game against a better opponent. But I, I think. You know, again, Greg Schiano should have the advantage from a coaching situation here. And I think I saw one player from Michigan State went into the transfer portal. I don't think it would have been a player who was going to be much of a factor. It was a running back. But, yeah, I think that it's going to be our running backs versus their their running backs. And then, of course, which defense can create the most turnovers. And hopefully that will be Rutgers. So it's going to be a game where we're going to Rutgers defense is going to have to prove to be that top five unit in the Big Ten if that's what we think they are. Yeah, we haven't seen a ton from – Gavin Wimsett, and, and they haven't seen a ton from Kane Hauser if that's who they're going to go with. Again, Kim's just really gone downhill in these last three games as the competition has gone up. Kind of like you said when it comes to, you know, tailoring expectations depending on the competition. goes for Rutgers too, right? The game plan works so well against, obviously, Temple, against um, North, a down Northwestern team. Obviously, the game against Virginia Tech, we throw Wagner at the window. There's nothing to even look at there. But against those three teams, it hasn't worked against you know, the top tier of the Big Ten. Can they get it going against Michigan State? That's yet to be seen, but it's it seems like Kirk's Rock is calling this offense like he doesn't trust his quarterback yet and like he knows that they're a little weaker on the outside. In my opinion, you got to give it a chance anyway. I have no problem trying to establish the run, but you have to adapt. You have to be able to adjust because Michigan State's defense, you know, good, not great, nothing special. If, but if they come in with a game plan to stop the run, Rutgers has to find a way to win this game. You can't just let it go on and and, sh- and show what we've seen against Wisconsin. But I don't expect a lot of the quarterbacks either. You mentioned it's going to be a game where whoever can establish the run, and, and that's what I'm looking for too. Kane Hauser, I think he's only thrown a handful of passes. You know, He's a redshirt freshman, hasn't been in the mix much at all, obviously. Redshirting last year and then coming in this year with Noah Kim being the starter. And, and Gavin Wimsatt hasn't again, hasn't really shown much, hasn't given, been given really a big opportunity to show something. So I think running the ball in defense again is going to be the theme. And hey, for you gamblers out there, we'll get to that later in the show, but that could lead to another under this week. Yeah, you mentioned uh, how we don't know if Kurt Chiracha fully trusts Gavin or the offense or the receivers. And it's just so funny that while at times it certainly feels like that, but then you think back against Michigan and we started the game with three straight passes. It's like, well, does he trust him or did, was he like, this is a game where we have nothing to lose? It's like, I would have loved, I would love to see that type of, uh, we'll call it aggressiveness, although it's really not. It's just in our eyes, it is. I'd love to see that in games like this where yeah. we should be able to have more of a, a neutral playing field, not so much a competitive advantage. Uh, like Michigan clearly has a competitive advantage over Rutgers, especially on the road. But then we start that game with three straight passes and we pass the ball, I feel like way more effectively and just, more downfield against a arguably the best defense in the Big Ten. It's just it's just mind boggling, and and I and I don't know how to feel about it. But I'm just looking at some overall statistics, and obviously you have to keep in mind Rutgers has played one more game than Michigan State, but they both are about they're both in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, rushing defense, and we allow 117 yards per game they they allow 115 i think that if michigan state were to play wisconsin that certainly is going to go up but i would say we are we, we we pretty much have the same numbers when it comes to rush defense and then pass defense or i'm sorry they're they're passing offense wow we six in the big 10 in passing offense just no i'm sorry that's that's rushing offense i was like that doesn't make any sense that would be very um, surprising they 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 haven't ran the ball as well as we have. Uh, we're at 173 yards per game. They're at 120. I don't think this is the game where they get their numbers boosted. I think that Rutgers does a good job limiting them in this game. They obviously pass the ball more than us. They average 251 yards per game while we're down in 11th in the Big Ten at 161. Yeah, but that's got to be better. 
yeah, that that's that's where we are are, are lacking. Luckily, our defense is fourth in the Big Ten, allowing 165 yards per game, and they're down at 10th at 226. Now, that doesn't matter because Wisconsin has the worst, and we didn't pass the ball at all against them. So that doesn't matter to me. Uh, but what does matter is that our hopefully our rushing, our, our front seven really can win us this game. But I, I saw, you know, they, they use their tight end a lot, Michigan State. They have talented wide receivers. So it's, it's, I view this game as a, almost an improved Virginia Tech team. And I don't, I don't think they're that much better than Virginia Tech. I like Kyron Drones, the quarterback for the Hokies, more than the Spartans, their guy, whoever that's going to be. But I think that this overall is just a better team. This is going to be an upgrade. This is a Big Ten Virginia Tech without a mobile quarterback. So, uh, and I, I like our chances in a game like that. So it's, it's, should be should be fun, but again, uh, you know, I'm, I, as as we get closer to this game, I just get less and less confident for whatever reason. But again, before the season started, I had this as, hey, this could be a win. And then what's happened to Michigan State as the season's progressed shouldn't make me feel less confident. It should only make me feel more confident. And I don't think Rutgers, aside from that pick six, well, obviously the game wasn't great, but that pick six doesn't happen. I think I'm feeling a lot better. So. Got to kind of wipe that from my memory, and hopefully the team has as well. It really does change everything, that one play, and it's funny how that works. I had this – I went back and forth in the offseason. I did a few season predictions coming in, and, and this was a win. In the final one, I went back and forth a couple times. This was my second swing game with Virginia Tech for getting to six wins in a bowl game. Obviously, I didn't expect – I knew Virginia Tech was down. I didn't expect them to be as bad as they ended up being this season. I knew they wouldn't be great, but I expected Rutgers to win that game. This one I went back and forth, and I ultimately gave them a win here, hoping they could get to six before the bye week. It's weird when you look at this season. It hasn't been – they're four and two. They have a chance to win these next two and get to six and two, which would be, you know, for Rutgers fans, you're you're through the roof going into your bye week bowl game already. But, you know, the main question is, does Greg is Greg Schiano improving this team? Are they going in the right direction? I think defensively the answer is a clear yes. They were a good defense last year. They've turned into a really good defense this year. And that's only going to improve. They're obviously going to lose guys. You know, things happen each year, but they'll get transfer portal guys in, whatever. Offensively, I feel like that hasn't happened yet. I feel like they're not, you know, much improved. Even from last year, where they were one of the worst offenses we've we've ever seen, they haven't really taken that stride yet. And I think it's a combination of game planning, play calling, you know, Gavin making a few boneheaded decisions. But, you know, you need to open it up a little bit. You mentioned starting a game like this with passing. Go out and throw three straight passes against a team that, you know, you're on an even playing field with. Play like you have nothing to lose in games like this. You know, you can't play conservative playing, like, you know, trying to out-scheme the other team. Go in and just be aggressive. And I think if they do that, it'd be a shock to Michigan State's system. I think it would just – it would do a lot of good if they came out with that kind of game plan. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, – it, it would be cool – I mean, the, the idea of just having that, we, we obviously want to get to a bowl game. That's, that goes without saying, but I don't think Rutgers has ever won more than, no, I think they may have won more than three because we won seven games in 2014. So I think that means we would have had to have won four Big Ten games, uh, the first year in the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, that is true. Um, so it would be just nice to get back on track, get the, get the third. And then you, you, you go into a 2024 season with a much more friendly Big Ten schedule. Everything could be different. The team could be different, but this could be, this season could be the turning point that Rutgers has been chasing for years. Obviously with Chris Ash, that we weren't chasing anything at that point. We were just no, chasing. Was, I don't know. We weren't chasing anything. We no. were just kind of running aimlessly in nowhere. Yeah. Um, but then you that get Chiano in. The first year is, I would say, a, a success. And then the, the two years following that were just disappointing. So this is this is the year where games like this, it's homecoming. I'm hoping the fans show out. I, I, it's always tough because you know if you were if you were watching College Game Day last Saturday. Now I'm not comparing the two. It's just it's just a matter of a fact. The Cotton Bowl was filled up at least 45 minutes before a kickoff. And I remember back during my sophomore year of college, during our first year in the Big Ten. Everybody was into the stadium before that Penn State game, before that Michigan game, before other games. Like, it's really a shame what a, what a, what a sharp fall off for a football program can do for a team because it takes, like, fans are not going into the game 20 minutes before kickoff, maybe 10 minutes, but more likely they're going in at kickoff or five minutes within the first quarter. So this is a game where we're going to need a true home field advantage. 
get Michigan State rattled and and play behind that defense, pin the ears back and get after the quarterback because I, I think that Rutgers has done a good job against nearly every opponent when it comes to uh, run defense. I don't think Michigan State's better than Wisconsin running the ball. I certainly don't think they're better than Michigan running the ball. Those teams ran for about 200 yards against us. Both were on the road and both were better opponents. So I think that Rutgers limits the run game here, forces them to pass the ball, and then that will create turnovers, which will help the offense. But most important thing is the offense staying on the field. We can't do three and out, three and out, three and out. That can't happen. I'm not confident workers will win the game if that's the case. So let's see what Kurt Sirach is cooking up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's just a bunch of first downs. And they can't turn the ball over either, obviously. And that's something that they've, they've done really well this year. It's, it stinks to look back at the season and when you think of turnovers, you think it's so much worse than it is because, you know, two of the main ones have gone for touchdowns the other way. So that obviously skews your vision. But they've been they've been decent at, at taking care of the football. You know, two bad play calls and two bad decisions by Gavin. I wouldn't say, you know, the Michigan one was a complete bad decision. That's where the play was supposed to go. But still, it wasn't executed well. And then the one against Wisconsin was inexcusable. But again, two just bad play calls. Going back to the well too many times in that Wisconsin game and I still to this day don't know what he was tr- trying to accomplish on that fourth down against Michigan with that screen pass. But regardless, they've they've taken care of the ball, and that's something you have to do here. When you're on an even playing field, you can't give the team a chance to you know take advantage, especially on your home field. And again, that Michigan State defense is going to be aggressive. They're, these teams are kind of set up similarly. You know, uh, Michigan State might try and run the ball a little bit. They have a quarterback who's young who inexperienced, who they're not going to trust that much. But their defense is going to play tough. I don't think they're as good defensively as Rutgers, obviously. But they have a couple of guys that are going to show up. Cal Holliday's a talented linebacker. Like They have guys that can make plays and, and create turnovers. So Gavin's going to have to take care of the ball. Um, Kyle Manungai's been good in terms of fumbling. He, he's good uh, ball security-wise. So that's going to be the factor in this game. And it, people could sound like a broken record talking about that, but turnovers because turnovers is the key to any game but it's especially true in this one when you're playing a team like michigan state yeah i'm just trying i'm looking at some other statistics um i think these teams are very similar yeah yeah but one thing that is just so like i i think it's more of a function of well no Alan Pierce is, if you watch him, Rutgers fans, if you watch, if you ever get bored, you want to watch the offensive line, watch Alan Pierce on passing down situations. He's really done a great job. And what I'm looking at right now is how many sacks Rutgers has allowed. And it's only been three this year, which I feel like back in the day it was three a game. And I think that has to do with not just the offensive line, which I'm obviously applauding in the passing blocking game, but the play calling, just the way that it's designed. And then Gavin as well, either getting rid of the ball or just, you know, making plays with his feet, which I feel like he could do more of. So the fact that it's at three is, I mean, that Rutgers is third in, in the, in, well, technically, I guess, based off of yardage, they've allowed three sacks, which is the same as Penn State and Michigan. Technically, they should really should be first based off of the yardage. But um, so we're third, Michigan State's five. And the difference is we have three, they have seven. So that's at least one a game or just over one a game because Michigan State's only played five. So if, I think this is a game where we're going to have to get after the quarterback when they're passing the ball. They've allowed sacks. Some other teams have allowed way more. Like, I don't know what's going on in Illinois. They've allowed 23 sacks. That's insane. What a fall um, they've taken. That's wild. was supposed to be taking this team in the right direction. They've My goodness. Um, so I, I just I, – I know I, we, we, we need the offense to be the ones that help us win this game, but – I want the. This is when the defense can make a statement. And teams like I have all the stats up. I mean, they lost to Washington, forty-one to seven. Oh, that was at Michigan State, actually. So that was a home game that they lost, forty-one to seven. I was. I didn't. I did not realize that. Um, and then where was Maryland? Maryland was 30, 31 to nine at in East Lansing. So they haven't even fared well at home. Uh, and but then again, I don't like to compare both of those teams do things very well that Rutgers doesn't, and that's play offense and have really great quarterback play. So it's kind of hard to look at those games. But then you look at Iowa, and I mean that score is very misleading, twenty six to sixteen. Because again, I think there was one offensive touchdown in the entire game, which is just disgusting to say out loud. Um, there was there was a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, and then the rest were all field goals. So just not great. But at the same time, like. 
goes to show you, you can beat Michigan State without good offense. Our defense is going to have to step up. So, again, limiting them on offense because their kicker is a weapon. Uh, he kicked a, uh, let's see, 31-yard field goal, 32-yard field goal, 58-yard field goal. So, he's good, at, he's good at the short range. He's good at the long range. So, it just worries me a little if Rutgers is able to let up a couple big plays, stall the offense, they could still end up with three points. So, it's going to be a game that's won at all three phases, but we're going to have to rely on the defense again, obviously, for this one. Yeah, I've, I've criticized the offense plenty over the past couple of weeks and, and over the course of the season, but the defense has been that good. They've been a legitimate defense in the Big Ten and really around the country. And you mentioned allowing just three sacks. The offensive line, there's still some shuffling up there, yep. which is fine. That's to be expected. But no matter who's in there, they've done well protecting Gavin, which is very important, obviously. And the defense has 15 sacks on the year, you know, so two and a half a game. They're getting to the quarterback, and they're putting a lot of pressure on. There's a lot of plays out there that haven't been made that they're putting pressure each week. So that's important. That's going to have to continue against a young quarterback. You look at Wesley Bailey and Aaron Lewis are at the top with three sacks each. Bailey's really having a great year, whether it's you know in the run game or, or anything. He's having a great year. And Aaron Lewis, I, I just have one call to him. He's got three sacks. He's tied for the team lead. Two of them came against Wagner. So, Aaron, <laughs> listen, we need – we need a big play made against a Big Ten team, all right? We can't, we're not going to erase sacks or take them off the board, but you got two against Wagner. We need one to come in this game, you know, come around the edge, get a sack fumble. Let's make a play and get a takeaway for this defense this year, uh, this week. That could be a big factor in this game, too. Let's create a turnover, too. Yeah, I've been begging, begging for a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. It's It just it gets me yet. going. It gets yeah. the juices flowing. We were so close against Wagner. Again, that doesn't count. Uh, there was an opportunity, I guess, against Temple with Shaquan Loyal. But outside of that, like this is a game – I actually, thinking back, when Rutgers played Michigan State three years ago in 2020 in East Lansing when it was Greg Shano's first game, yep. that was why we beat them. We created so many turnovers, Seven sack football. It was incredible. That that's And that was, again, that was a team, new head coach. They had a bad quarterback. I think it was Rocky Lombardo. I think he might have been the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, Who's at uh, Northern Illinois, I think. Yeah. So that this could be a very similar game. We're we're gonna we're gonna find out. Um, but again, I I don't think. I just think that we kind of figured out the passing game a little bit more against Wisconsin by getting Ian Strong more involved. Not that I think he should be the number one guy, but. He he does. He's just a very talented wide receiver, so raw, but can make these very unique catches where he gets his feet down. But we've all been asking for it. We're going to need to see more Jaquay Jackson. I think we need to move a little bit away from Christian Dremel. It's worked. He's done great. But now that we kind of they keyed in already on the play that worked so great from all year. It's like, all right, well, now what? Now, now what's, what does Kirk Sriracha have cooking for us? Maybe we're getting the tight ends involved. Iowa, literally, I don't know if they completed a pass to a wide receiver against Michigan State, but all of their tight ends, all of their tight ends got a pass or made a play. Maybe this is a game where we get Johnny Langan on the field and he, and he makes some plays because he's done it in the past. He's made plays. I think we're just going to need to see more from that group because, uh, I mean, Iowa had plenty of success, but again, the touchdown that came against Iowa was like a tight end screen, like a, like a, like a I forget what it's called, like almost like a middle screen. Like <laughs> that's that's the type of stuff they weren't even throwing the ball downfield. So it's like it doesn't need to be crazy. It just needs to just needs to work, uh, and hopefully, hopefully, Kurt Sriracha can find a way to make that happen. But you know, didn't make fans feel great after the Wisconsin game. But we got to forget about that. On to a new game. I'm kind of gun shy about this game too, as it gets closer to kickoff. For some reason, it just and it, it could be history, you know, or just thoughts back to uh, any miserable NFL fans out there and miserable Rutgers fans in this area. Like you don't expect to go into a game thinking you're going to win it, you know. And this is one of those games. It feels like historically Rutgers doesn't win these types of games. You know, you, there's a little hype. You get excited for a game, so it's a it, it makes you a little gun shy. But then you look at. You look at the line, you look at um, the homecoming, you look at all the factors going in, and it's like, wow, Rutgers could, you know, they got a chance to win this game and get to 5-2 and two on the year. I, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting mental game that Rutgers fans can play going into, going into this one because I think, like you said, it's getting a little more nervous as it comes to kickoff. I'm kind of on your side when it comes to that. 
Yeah, but I literally... That's every game for me. I mean, it wasn't against Wagner, but I was nervous against Wagner because I wanted them to cover. Like, that was a different type of worry. Um, But this, I I don't think, though, like... I know I've said this, and I I feel like I would have jinxed it by now. Rutgers just hasn't allowed many explosive plays. I, I think of a couple. I think of Michigan's, like, flea flicker play which you're expecting if there's a play that, that's going to break a defense, it's a trick play. Yeah, I think Michigan uh, had one or two. But aside from that, they've held teams in check in that area. Right, and I, and I just don't think I've seen much of Michigan State going downfield with the ball. If anything, it's like we can't allow a broken tackle or a missed tackle on a run play. And that's something the team's done a great job at. Now, they, they had probably their toughest job tackling a running back against Braylon Allen. I don't know if any other Big Ten team – it's going to have as tough at a time tackling a player as Braylon Allen. He literally looks like Derrick Henry on the field at 19 or 20 years old, however old he is. So I think that was a good test for Rutgers. Obviously, they got beat on a couple plays, but nothing was nothing was too long. I don't know. I don't know if they had a 20 yard rush play against us. I don't know if Rutgers has allowed a 20 yard rush play this season. Maybe Michigan, but I don't think so. So limiting those type of plays makes me feel a lot more confident of, about Rutgers' chances in this one. I know we talked about the defense, but. Hopefully Gavin can I, – I just would love for him to have, like, a signature game where people can – because, look, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, when people are going to rate Big Ten quarterbacks, he's going to be no higher than 10, I would say. Yeah. Like, I think that That's would probably fair. be a, a – a, it's probably going to be – I mean, we don't have to do that now, but it, he just hasn't – he might have more talent. He might have more promise, but it hasn't shown on the field. Uh, you know, and I don't think we're ha- I don't I think we're having a very similar conversation, even if he doesn't throw that pick six, because throughout the year, there just hasn't been that much. It's been like, hey, this guy can beat us like he hasn't been asked to yet. But again, we've got punched in the face. We face adversity against Wisconsin. I don't think that we were ever going to come back from a 17-0 deficit. Uh, but, you know, other teams have. Uh, so, you know, maybe that comes on the back of the quarterback. Just Obviously, we know what the recipe or the script that Rutgers needs to follow to win this game. I don't want them to break that. But eventually, we're going to need to see something from Gavin in regards to, hey, that was a tremendous game. I'm feeling great about him. Because I felt great about him after a loss against Michigan. Like, that's that's not good. Like, I, you shouldn't feel good after a loss. But I thought he played well against them. But it didn't matter because we lost. Yeah, he's the, he needs that game to kind of turn it around. And this could be it. I mean, this, again, Michigan State's defense is good, not great. They're going to come in and they're going to play hard. But so is Rutgers' defense. That's where it'd be nice if they could get a score of their own. I've been asked about this defense, um, especially this week, you know, from a lot of Michigan State people. And I say they're tough. Like, they're obviously talented. They have a lot of dudes. But the word I use is tough. They look like they hit. They want to hit. They're not afraid. That's why we haven't seen a lot of those broken tackles. They can't start this week, like you mentioned. We haven't seen a lot of broken tackles from opposition or or big plays down the field because this team is tough. They're physical. I just love the the tone around the defense. I love the style of play that they've been playing. That's that's the stuff that gets me excited. Yeah, it's like, you know, all oh, these guys are tough. They get after the ball. It, it, it's it's silly to say out loud, but it's true. Yeah. Like, it's it, my, my my biggest thing that Rucker, like what happened against Rutgers against Michigan State the last time they played at home? Kenneth Walker bust off a 90-yard run. They got killed. And guess what? We missed five, like, probably five tackles on that play. That type of stuff hasn't happened this year. Rutgers is making tackles, and they're making tackles on first contact. It's not like guy brushes off and then another guy cleans it up. That obviously happens. That's that's football. But on most plays, when the player gets touched, he's getting tackled. And that's, I think, the number one thing with this defense. The other thing is they have a lot of guys who can play in that front se- like there's no I don't think there's much of a weakness within the front seven. Now I we mentioned I mentioned it on the earlier or this week's podcast a couple days ago how I don't want to see necessarily Muhammad Ture in pass coverage. That's certainly a weakness, but that's any defense. I mean look yeah. back when uh I think, it, I think it was Tough Borland or somebody on on uh, Ohio State trying to defend Devontae Smith in the national championship game. It was a disaster. Like they, they just ran right by him. That's not the linebacker's fault. That's just a good offensive play where they get the mismatch. If we if we don't find ourselves in the situations, yeah, I like everybody in the front seven. The safeties have done well coming in and filling holes in the box. And I feel like we just haven't seen Max Melton or Robert Longerbeam really have to do much at all. Uh, they they keep a lot of things in front of them. They haven't gotten beat. If they have gotten beat, it's resulted in pass interference, which sometimes 
you kind of want to see because it's 15 yards rather than possibly 30 or 40. But one thing that I, one play that I like to highlight is Robert Longerbeam against Virginia Tech on a third down play. It's a pass play. Kyron Jones is running across his body to the left. Longerbeam just leaves his guy, gets after the quarterback, and I guess it's not necessarily, I think it was a sack, but like everybody on this team wants to make a play. Everybody wants to hit. Uh, and that's that's just what's the defense is good because we are stout up front and our linebackers are able to run free at times, I think, because of fresh legs up front. I'm hoping that Renee Conga comes back healthy for this one because I think he's been greater on the defensive line. But you have so many other bodies that keep coming in, keeps guys fresh. And then when you have Wesley Bailey and Aaron Young on the edges, they've just done a good job. They've done a good job. One thing that they need to limit, though, is the quarterback scrambling on third down plays. That's been a killer against Michigan and Wisconsin. Both Tanner Mordecai and J.J. McCarthy were able to pick up some really big chunk plays on crucial downs. Uh, so limiting that, we need, we, we need to find ways to do. And it's tough when, you know, you're playing, not scared, but you don't want to, the deficit to get larger. You want to limit everything. So I understand that. But also Joe Harris-Simiak just has a good track record of being a good defensive coordinator. Coaching matters. And he shows why. He is. No, he's been real good for this team. And the, and the defense is only improving. It does. It sounds like such a cop-out when, you know, you say a tough defense. And I've said it a couple times this week. It's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're a tough unit. Yeah, thanks, guy. Like, it sounds yeah. like such a cop-out and a, and a – a weird answer coming from somebody but when you watch this team Michigan State fans when you watch this team you're going to kind of understand what that means and that's been exciting for fans for sure because you need that in the Big Ten especially against some of those top tier teams especially in the trenches in that front seven and that's exactly what Rutgers has been so it's been exciting we haven't touched on the secondary much and and I haven't been overly impressed this whole season I think they've been a quote-unquote disappointing um, unit on the team I quote I put that in quotes because they haven't even been that disappointing but when you look at just how good the defense has been they've been kind of the outlier Max Mellon really hasn't turned into that guy yet that I expected and he can't they they could show up this week and do just what they've been doing you know I'm not even going to ask for too much from them this week just keep doing what you've been doing keep the guys in front of you and don't allow those big plays this is a if they are again facing the red shirt freshman a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience you can't let him get comfortable back there, and you can't let him just pick you know, pick you apart. That's not going to be their game plan. So take away confidence and, and limit these receivers down the field, and that could be key. I mean, we look at that. You brought up the 2021 game. Kenneth Walker, obviously, but Jalen Naylor, too, I think had a long <laughs> touchdown. I mean, he had 200, what felt like 500 yards and, and three touchdowns. So he was getting killed. Payne Thorne had a field day um, down the field. So that's something they have to limit. Yeah, it's so funny. That was a game where Trey Avery just kept getting burnt and burnt. And now he's having an NFL career. It's like, what happened at Rutgers that, like, you went on to the NFL, you had a pretty good rookie season, and then what happened against Michigan State? It was just so frustrating. But that was a game we lost because of, like, literally four plays. They had, like, four plays at 50 yards or more. Outside of that, Rutgers, those plays don't happen. Rutgers wins the game. But obviously that's not how reality works. Yeah, so that I that's something I just – that is why I feel like I'm so kind of scarred by Michigan State is because of that game. Because the it's year before that, they win. The year after that, it was, you know, Rutgers covered the spread. I remember that in East Lansing. It was a game where we outplayed Michigan State but ended up losing the game. Uh, and maybe not outplayed, but out we ain't gained more yards. And I remember Aaron Young had a good game against Michigan State in uh, last year. So, again, I've talked about a lot of Aaron Young. I'd love to see him some more. Um it, it it just I would just it, I don't know why I don't know why we we can't change things up a little bit just to see what works like we don't know hey maybe maybe Aaron Young if we're not going to use him and we're scared he gets hurt what's the difference if he gets hurt yeah. we're not already using him like just use him like <laughs> Sam Brown different like he I he's young we want to keep him healthy for you know as we get into the Big Ten season um, and don't quote me on that. I just think Greg Shano has said he's not fully healthy, which is pretty clear because I think we'd be seeing him some more. I, I just thought it would just be nice because a, a big bruising back could, could really lean on a defense. We'll see what happens. Something else I'm looking forward to is it, Reggie Sutton played a little bit more in the second half uh, at right tackle for the offensive line. He was our best offensive lineman before getting hurt last offseason. Hopefully, if he comes in and could be a factor, just boost a, a line that could use it. So hopefully, we see more of him, and uh, yeah, we get a we get some like a nice push up front. But it, at some point, the line is going to have to just 
be the set five. Like we can't keep shuffling guys around. Uh, obviously, Tyler Needham gets hurt. That changes things. But that was weeks ago. At this point, we need to figure out who our five guys are and keep them in their position because Holland Pierce has stayed the same. Gus Zelenskis has stayed the same. Outside of that, things keep moving around. So we need to play with some more consistency up front. Before we get to our picks of the week, including a very, very ugly line spread-wise and total-wise for this Rutgers and Michigan State game, we're going to take a short break. Plenty to look at in this game, obviously, and the the line is very ugly, in my opinion. It's at 4.5 right now. The, the over-under is at 39.5. And this is where we'll transfer into uh, transfer into our best bets of the week. Very ug- ugly, ugly Rutgers lines. I don't, that's going to be a tough one to pick out. I don't know what an- what angle we're going to go, but we got to pick something toward the end. And really, not a great slate across the board when you look at uh, college football this week. I think there's a few good games. I know USC Notre Dame's a good one. Um, Oregon was uh, Washington should be the game of the week, but really not a great slate up and down the board. A lot of big numbers around both the Big Ten and around the country. Yeah, I totally, I agree. Um, I've, I, this, this Oregon Washington game, I think they're the two best teams in the Big 12 or the Pac 12. It's, you would love to put USC in that category, but their defense is just limiting them. Caleb Williams made a good point, uh, during the press conference against or after Arizona. Like their defense was the reason that they were able to come back because at one point it was like 17 nothing or 14 nothing. So yeah, the defense did something, which is true, but it's, it's just, they're clearly offense isn't the problem when they're scoring 40 points a game, it seems. So um, it's, but this game is good. This, these are two potential Heisman candidates in uh, Bo Nix versus Michael Penix. I don't necessarily know how this game is going to play out. I love Washington's offense. Oregon's, I just think Oregon might be a more complete team uh, from running back. I think that Washington has better receivers, but the Oregon defense is good. I like Dan Lanning, the head coach, but I, I, I like these two teams a lot. I, I wish, and I know they're coming to the Big Ten, which is great, but I would just, I wish that the Pac 12 could have stayed the way it was because these teams are good and I want to see them play each other each year. Uh, so it's a shame there. But yeah, I think that's the marquee matchup. You also have uh, <laughs> the second game of the week Iowa at Wisconsin, over under 34 and a half. Horrible. <laughs> like, Horrible. That has to be, I know that they, there was a, when Iowa played Rutgers last year I don't remember what the over there was it 33 because I think that was like taught I think there was a couple over-unders that like hit a new record but 34 and a half I you know I don't think Wisconsin's offense is like run of the mill obviously Iowa's defense is good but it's more and the, the spread's 10 so it's it's more of Iowa not being able to score points than Wisconsin having a competent offense and again I don't think their defense is anything crazy but against Iowa I don't know how good your defense has to be it's yeah, like a 20 to 10 type game people are expecting there. That's a line when it comes to Iowa's offense. That Oregon Washington game, I just like that they're coming over together. When you know, the Pac 12 might be um exploding a bit, but at least some teams are are staying together so we can get these rivalries that continue. That's what I think people need to look at when it comes to this um the format of college football too. A lot of these teams are going together. They're going in pairs, so some rivalries will stick together, but that's a great game. You know, Oregon, uh, Washington definitely has some of the best receivers in the country. I mean, Ohio State is number one on the list, obviously, with what they have with Harrison and, and Ibuka. But Washington might be number two. They have some great guys out there. And that Oregon defense is not just, you know, Pac-12 good. You know, they're good. They're good around the country. And that's going to be an interesting one. I think 67 is a fair total for that. I I, I might bet the over, you know, midday just, just for fun. I yep. think there should be some points. But... That is a great game. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon won that game. I really wouldn't. I Bo Nix has turned into something. He was, I didn't like him at Auburn. He was young. He was a little bit pedestrian. He's really turned himself into a star out there. Yeah, and it's he looks good. He looks yeah. athletic. He's running the ball, and and that's great to see. Some, and same with Michael. Well, Michael Penix was good at Indiana, but then he got hurt in that year two after the COVID year. But he's also tremendous. But he's much more of a passer than Bonix is just like an athlete out there. I definitely think Michael Penix. I just wish he was a righty because watching lefty quarterbacks always is weird for me. Watch, yeah. it, it it stinks because they're just throwing it with a different arm. But it looks like you're watching like it, it just always looks different, which is so funny. Um, but another game that, you know, would have been much more of a marquee matchup if it wasn't for terrible coaching decisions. Miami at UNC uh, in Chapel Hill. 
Right now, the spread's th- three and a half, but th- that's a ranked matchup in the ACC. Two teams that are battling for a spot in that ACC championship game. I don't think Miami season's over. Uh, it certainly is just people are not pleased with them, and they shouldn't be because of how that game ended against Georgia Tech. But this is like, if UNC wins this game, like, are they a top 10 team? Like, you, we have not talked, nobody has been talking about UNC. I always find it very funny how competitive they've been in football the last three or four years. Like, they've they've almost, no, they, I can't say they outperformed their, their basketball team because they did play in a championship game, but like they're they're doing really well, and 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 uh, Drake May is phenomenal. I mean, they they just keep churning out these good quarterbacks, good wide receivers, good running backs. Obviously, Mac Brown is a one of the best coaches, probably. In, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, but he's a good coach. He's old, but he's a good coach. He's clearly doing something well there. And they lost their offensive coordinator, and they're still clicking. So I just think that's a team. I, I don't know how I would pick this game, but I mean Miami struggled against Georgia Tech. Obviously, lost it. And UNC's been fine. They've just been they've been a good team this year. Miami, yeah. My people are waiting for Miami to come back and they're just not it. Even if they would have won that game against Georgia Tech, they're not where people want them to be. And, you know, the the running back was down, first of all. If anybody saw a video of that, I, yeah. it was a terrible call by the refs, but it doesn't excuse the coaching decision. And right. and he's done this before, which is what I don't understand. Mario Cristobal, it's not the first time running yeah. the ball in situations like this. So he finally got burnt with it, and I certainly don't feel bad, but it's a good point with with North Carolina. You don't see a team much with um, a top five player in the country, you know, a draft pick, uh, probably number two quarterback behind Caleb Williams right now, undefeated 5-0. and Drake May's making a ton of money. You usually don't see teams with those kind of quarterbacks fly under the radar like North Carolina's been, and they're, they're kind of at that point. So if they come in and win this game, I assume they jump two spots, like you said, into the top ten. And I think they do win this game. I, the, the number's at three right now. They're favored. Yep. Um, it might be a trap line a bit, especially at home. I expect it to be a little bigger, but if it stays at three, you can sprinkle on the money line there if you don't trust the spread. I think North Carolina wins this game, and they, they got to win it a little bit um, going away. Yeah, they're 5-0 and oh right now. If they win this game, then they play UVA, Georgia Tech, Campbell. They could be 6-0. and oh, Or, wait, no. Nine, nine and oh, nine and oh, yeah, nine and oh. And then they, they, this is crazy. They might be playing their toughest game against Duke. And then they play Clemson. Like they, they, they can be undefeated at the end of the year. Yeah. If they're undefeated and they win the ACC, are they a college football playoff team? Now I'm saying that they're going to lose this game. Like that's, that's what happens. You create these storylines in your, in your head and they blow up, but there is a literal path for this team to get to the college football playoffs. Now, I do think Clemson is still a good team. I think Duke with Riley Leonard is a good team. But they have a path to at least finish in the top 10, which I think is wildly impressive for a team that people were probably more down on than, than they should have been. didn't think I'd talk so much about UNC today. Switch gears to probably, I mean, realistically, maybe probably the final game we'll discuss at length before we rapid fire a little bit. Because, again, really down week. Anybody wants to... Uh hit the orchards or hit a corn maze this weekend might be the weekend um, or go to a wedding like me right hit a wedding or something fine even find one go wedding crashers mode but <laughs> usc notre dame that's always a great game i i like that rivalry week i don't know it's a little early for me for that game but notre dame's coming in five and two against a six and zero usc team in south bend they're a two and a half point favorite and, and that's a line that screams to take notre dame because of well no it screams to take usc for the public but if you if you're a, a better who goes against the public take notre dame in that game they're favored i'm not sure why the totals at 59 and a half which is very low for a usc game so i guess they expect notre dame's defense to show up a little bit yeah i definitely like it's it really kind of stinks how we felt about notre dame to start the year and what was it what what made us feel so confident about them did they have a win? Did did they beat anybody before Ohio State? I don't think so. Not really, no. Sam Hartman was just playing really well, and people fell in love yeah. with Notre Dame. And it's not like he had a bad game against Ohio State. That's a good defense. He definitely played well, I would say. The, the Notre Dame lost that game because of, again, poor play calling. We, we can we can agree on that, I think. Um, USC, I, I certainly think Caleb Williams is better than, than Sam Hartman. Not to say Sam Hartman's bad. But if USC's defense is just not good still, Audric Estamine should have a, a field day on the ground, which maybe is what we're seeing. Six, I mean, I guess you have to put overs 
for USC in the 60s. But I don't see Notre Dame running up and down the field. Like the game against Arizona doesn't go over if it doesn't go to overtime, I believe. So it's just it's just one of those games where, I mean, no, I think Notre Dame lost by two scores against Louisville, and that's that shouldn't happen. Like Louisville, everybody was like, oh, they they haven't really played anybody. That's why they're six and zero or five and zero, whatever they were. Well, they just beat Notre Dame. Like they're clearly a good team, but I don't think they're better than USC. Uh, and right now, I'm just looking. The percent of money on is on USC at 77%, and the percent of bets is on USC as well at 67%. So it's like people, the money and the public are on USC, and they're the underdog. So by two and a half points, not not much. So we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, the, the Heisman race for Sam Hartman is over, but can he outplay Caleb Williams? Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, I mean, Notre Dame, I don't think, I think they play Clemson, but like they're playing their toughest games at the midway point of the season. And now what? Now I feel, I feel weird if I'm a Notre Dame fan. Like you didn't have any time to just kind of breathe. You just had to play the first couple games. Then you play Ohio State and then you play North Carolina State. You lose at Louisville and then now you're playing USC. It's like, okay, you got this game at home, but. Now what? After this game, so they, they better win it for their fans. Yeah, this season could snowball. I mean, it's over. It's over already. It was over after the Ohio State game. When you're not in a conference, the Notre Dame needs to go undefeated every year. So the season's obviously over. They're still playing for pride, and and a win against USC would be good if they could beat Clemson later in the year. But I mean, you're looking at a world where after a you get killed by Louisville, this Notre Dame season could snowball. They could lose four or five games this year, and a year that they had uh, high expectations with Sam Hartman coming in. The season's really just falling apart. I think uh, Marcus Freeman has to get his guys in the building. He's got to go find another quarterback. I don't know if anybody's behind Sam Harmon right now, but he definitely needs to find a quarterback and make changes immediately. And a lot of these games, like I mentioned, they're they're big totals. Uh, Florida State's a 17-point favorite over Syracuse. You look at uh, Penn State's playing UMass. That's going to be a giant number. Georgia Vanderbilt's a huge number, like a very – very ugly week, so the only good thing for Rutgers fans, they, that kickoff at noon, it could take you right into uh, Oregon, Wisconsin at 3, uh, Wisconsin, Oregon, Washington at 3.30, and then right into that USC-Notre Dame game, so you have a stepladder throughout the day, but not a lot of channel changing on this one for sure, just looking at the slate. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember what time the wedding is uh, that I'll be going to, but I, I think I'm going to be missing most, most of the Oregon Washington game, which is really the only game outside of Rutgers that I would love to watch, but it is what it is. Uh, I'll find a way to, to, to get it up on my phone. No, no question about that, but um, we'll see. But either way, that, that game I'm, I'm very excited for, so we'll see how that one goes. But outside of that, yeah, I guess the, the slate is uh, there's some large spreads. I mean, you got Georgia playing Vanderbilt, uh, Michigan playing Illinois, so might be might be a fun one to take a, a large spread and hope for the best, but in any case, there's a uh, I know Colorado's playing tonight, and Dion's not happy about that, but um, we'll see. I hope that Travis Hunter's playing, and uh, that one could be exciting, too. Let's do, we'll dive into more games here as we get into best bets, of course. I was 3-3 three and three last week, and, and uh, I hate to say the first loss on this podcast in week six uh, in a Rutgers game. I took the over, and it, if Rutgers could score a point or two offensively, I might have had a chance there, but just, again, terrible first half that they played. The pick six, I mean, they scored the late touchdown for uh, Rutgers betters to cover, but really had nothing to do with my over. So over 44 was a big loser. I also took a chance on Texas. That was a loser. They came, we both did that. How about Oklahoma? I mean, that was as impressive yeah. as a win. They they were ready for that game. I mean, Brett Venables, they, they had the boys ready. That was a good one to watch. And um, I lost A&M. I took him as a pick on the show. The line ended up moving in favor of Alabama. Um, so, But even if I had, you know, two and a half, three points, wouldn't have covered that game. So spread really didn't matter there. And then got wins in UCLA, the LSU-Missouri over, and Louisville, which would have been my pick of the week if we do anything like that. I loved Louisville in that spot. I thought Duke would cover against Notre Dame the week before. They should have. They gave up the late drive at the end. Yep. And I loved Louisville coming in at home, and they blew them out. So three and three for me last week. 4-1-1 one, one in Rutgers. Hate to have that loss in a Rutgers game because that's, that's what we pride ourselves on there. And 22-11 and 11 overall. So we'll dive into our bets, see what we could cook up this week. Yeah, uh, this this week's tough, but I – what what something popped at me this week right off tough. the bat. Where was it? Uh, I'm looking for it right now. 
I think I'm all... No. I was looking at Duke minus three, but I don't know if Riley Leonard's playing. If he's not playing, like I definitely don't feel comfortable about that game. Oh, uh, it's a it's a Friday night game, actually. Um, I, I Fresno State at Utah State. These are two teams that really, really play a fast pace of offense. Eight o'clock tonight on Friday. If you're listening, I'm going to go with the over fifty six and a half in this one. Uh, I'm I'm hoping for some points in this one. I, I think that both teams have shown that they can score thirty points. Uh, the line right now, Fresno State minus four and a half. So if it's close, hopefully it's close because it's a shootout. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Fresno State at Utah State, 56 and a half. I like that. Fresno has been a fun team to watch for that, for the pace that they play. I think I'm going to stick with the, the trend here. I'm going to take the Colorado and Stanford over 60. And that's a mix of Colorado, hopefully getting Travis Hunter back. Um, Shadur Sanders has looked really good, but Stanford, they're not, they're one in four. They're not going to have a great year. Their defense isn't great, but they've also sped it up a bit offensively. They're not the, I don't think they're the typical Stanford team, if I remember correctly, that, you know, takes eight, nine minutes off the clock, runs a play every 40 seconds. They've, they've kind of sped it up a bit. So maybe they could score 20 to get, or 21 to get this number over. So Colorado Stanford over 60. I was staring at Penn State minus 41 and a half against UMass. Well, uh, but then I th- Franklin likes the cover. Yeah, but then then I think back at the nor- Northwestern game where they did they did struggle. Ultimately, ended up covering, but they still struggled. Um, just based off of how they've performed, I gave that stat against Illinois, getting like twenty three sacks. They're playing on the road, three thirty at Maryland right now. Maryland's thirteen and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to take Maryland minus thirteen and a half. I, it's always scary whenever I take spreads that are two scores, but I think that. Uh, I mean, I watched all of the Illinois Nebraska game, and Illinois just they're just not good. They're simply not good. Uh, Nebraska also not very good, but never was a. They never were in question. They, they Illinois turns the ball over so much. And Maryland's a team that can score very quickly on offense. They don't necessarily need their defense to create those turnovers. So give me the Terrapins, thir- minus 13 and a half. Yeah, as long as they're not hungover from the week uh, last week at Ohio State, they should cover that game. I mean, Illinois looks really bad. I'm going to take a system play for me here. Uh, Virginia Tech has not looked good at all, but they're a point-and-a-half favorite at home against Wake Forest. So I'm going to take Virginia Tech to win that game and to cover. If you're a, a skeptic like me, live tomorrow i'm probably going to bet their money line to get off that point and a half but for the sake of the show we're not we don't take a ton of money line so i'm going to take the point and a half i think they should win that game by a field goal yeah and and, and sorry listeners i don't like to give uh duplicate picks but in honor of and just just to ride with my fiance put me on that as well i do think that virginia tech they had a chance there was a path that they they were fighting against florida state but it was only for a kick return to start the first half but they kept it close a little, not close, but if it could have easily have been like a 42-7 to seven game, and they found a way to score a couple of points. Wake Forest, not very good. Virginia Tech, this is going to be a sellout down in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. That makes a difference. And the last time they played at home was against another ACC, oh, Pitt, and they beat them down. I don't think Wake Forest is much better, so I'm going to ride with you there with the Hokies, uh, given the points. I don't want to get caught in a spot here. In a trap spot, it's a rat line, but we did talk about this game. I'm going to take North Carolina minus three. I just and it, mainly because this game's home, that's what makes me nervous about this line. I think it should be a little bit bigger, but I think at the end of the day, North Carolina is just a better team. I'm not sure how Miami's gonna re- respond from that game last week. They could fight like a team that's on their last breath. You know, a desperate team. They know they need a win. Two losses, your season's over. But North Carolina is fighting for bigger things when you look down the line and you look at their schedule, which you went down. They're fighting for an undefeated season, maybe winning the ACC. So give me North Carolina minus three. Yeah, without without looking at anything crazier, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go with it. But LSU's defense has been very bad. Um, their offense has been great. They are giving 11.5 points to Auburn. Um, how many picks have we made? Was that, was three. It, we made three. Four. This, is a, this is number four. This is four. Um, I, I just think Auburn's still not great offensively. I love Air Force minus 11 and a half, but I hate that they're playing Wyoming, which is a team. I think that if there was another team that had their record, let's just see Wyoming football. I think they're five and one. 
They beat Fresno. Uh, they beat New Mexico, App State. They lost to Texas. They beat well, no, I, I think that they're still very capable of covering that line. Although Air Force, Air Force is good. Air Force really is a good team. If you haven't watched them yet, please watch them. They're very fun to watch. Uh, screw it. No, no. Yes, Air Force minus 11 and a half. I'm doing it. They're my team. I love watching them. They're fun. Uh, I love, I, but I love Wyoming as well. They're, they're, they're like, I love these teams that, you know, uh, the the casual fan never going to be like, oh, Air Force isn't good or Wyoming isn't good. They're scrappy teams. They get a job done, and Air Force has some talent. They run an awesome offense. It's fun to watch, and I'm going to ride with them at minus eleven and a half. Air Force is good. I took the. I have their uh, their team over for the season. I think it was eight wins, and I think they're five and zero to this point, or six and zero, and they should win this game again. So that one's looking pretty good. As we get later into the slate. Ugly game, but I'm going to take Hawaii getting six points at home. Hawaii's not great. They're playing San Diego State, also not great. Uh, this game's on island at in Hawaii, at Hawaii, on Hawaii, whatever you want to say. So give me them late. Everybody, after a full day of football, have a few drinks, turn on the 11 o'clock kickoff. That's one of my favorite traditions to do. So I'll be up watching at least the first half of this game. So give me Hawaii plus six, As a, again, as ugly as it might be. Yeah, and I think next, I I, I mean I I think Missouri has a pretty fun offense. Uh, I I don't I watch them play LSU. They have a really they have a top three, top four wide receiver in the country. I'm forgetting his name. Looking at that line, Pittsburgh's been awful. Who did they did they play last week? They might have had a bye. If I want to see who they played before I make this pick. Pittsburgh Panthers. Where are they at? Here we go. Um, they lost to... Oh, yeah, they had a bye. Okay, so stay away from that. So with that being said, I'm going to go with Missouri plus two and a half on the road in Kentucky. I just think that... Wait, Kentucky's still ranked? Yeah, I'm not sure how. Uh, that's crazy. Is Maryland ranked? No, right? Probably yeah. not. 51, they lost 51 to 13 and they're still ranked? They didn't move? That's crazy. <laughs> I hate that. That That's frustrating. Good hold on that Louisville game, by the way. I think that's a trap spot. I don't, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to bet Pittsburgh as bad as we know that they are, but that could be a little hangover for Louisville coming, hitting the road after that big win against Notre Dame. So I'd proceed with caution for anybody with that game, looking at that game. Yeah, they're, they're, they didn't move. They stayed ranked. That's crazy. Wow. All right. Missouri plus two and a half is your final one, right? Yep, yep. I got one more here myself. I'm going to take another ugly game. Again, not a lot of great games. A lot of huge numbers that I might take tomorrow live, but I, nothing that I feel comfortable with right now. I'm going to take San, uh, the San Jose State and New Mexico over 56. That's not... That's a game where one in five Sandy um, San Jose State is favored on the road by seven. New Mexico's bad. San Jose State's not great, but they do play fast. Another team that um, can put some points on the board. And New Mexico, when they're down, maybe gets me to 21, uh, 24 points that I need. So give me the over there, 56. Yeah, yeah th- and then I'll be picking Rutgers. Got to pick up. Got to pick something in Rutgers again. As so before, I, I just recap the line. So Rutgers right now, four and a half points favorites over under 39 and a half. You can get them in the first half minus three over under in the first half, 19 and a half. And then I also see a first quarter line. Rutgers is uh, give, er, minus a half a point favorite over under seven and a half. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm staring at the over under first half under seven or first half, first quarter under seven and, seven and a half. But like, I, I don't want to give, I don't want to give that as a pick. Like, I just feel like that's, it's, it's either going to hit, like we're going to know right away or it's going to die immediately. But it's just like, also, that's not a pick that people, I feel like if you're giving the picks out, that's not one you do. Um, with that, no, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean, I've, Rutgers has done a good job covering the line. Do you remember? Was the line against Virginia Tech? It was. It went up to I think six or seven, right? Yeah, I, it was think, like it six. Was, I think it ended seven. Yeah. Now Rutgers is uh, seven and I think won th- against the spread this season. 
Yeah, and this line has went up, I think, as high as five and a half. So people have been betting, I think it's opened at maybe three and a half and has risen up to five and a half and now is correcting back to four and a half. So kind of the sweet spot of where uh, bettors have been putting their money at. Man. Um, I definitely think this is a game that could go under for sure. Like Rutgers offense has improved that they're going to score a lot of points against comp- competent teams. They they did a good job against Virginia Tech, but you know that had that big play against Kyle Manungai, big play Gavin Wimsat, and then they forced some turnovers. <sighs> Screw it, Rutgers minus four and a half. They've they've covered the spread. I think they're the better team here. I think the defense is better. I think both running games are on par with each other. I just think Rutgers has a little bit more depth from the running back position and an overall better defense. I don't think that the quarterback play has been better than Rutgers. I do think their receivers have done more. Outside of that, I'm confident with the Scarlet Knights. To, well, I expressed that I wasn't confident, but now I am confident. Four and a half, I'm riding with them. Rutgers is 5-0-1 oh, against the spread this year. They have done a good job covering the number. Obviously got a late one against Wisconsin to cover the 13, and then they pushed... 31 to 7, a 24 point spread against Michigan. I'm going to I'm going to fade myself. I'm going to go back on what I did last week. I'm going to take that I'm going to take a shot on that under 39 and a half. Um I could see this game being, you know, a 21-17 type game maybe, a 20 to 17 type game. I think Rutgers could score some points maybe if they get the ground game going like they did the first couple weeks of the season. But I think Michigan State's defense is, is better than people think. Again, good, not great. And I know the Rutgers defense is very good, especially against a younger quarterback. So hopefully they, hopefully Rutgers could score some points and they keep Michigan State around 10. That's what fans will be hoping for. But either way, I think Michigan State's going to struggle to move the ball a little bit to keep this game under. I, I don't hate that first half line, and I, I would certainly be taking the first quarter line if I was a, a fan. I'm probably going to take that one at 7.5. But, again, I'm not going to give that out on the show. So, under uh, 39 and a half, I expect another low-scoring kind of rock fight in this game. I'm excited, though. I'll actually be able to bet on Rutgers because I'll be in Virginia. Uh, so, maybe that's not a good thing. But, you know, in previous weeks, it certainly would have been. Uh, so, we'll see. I, I just think that if this team isn't going to do anything, if this team's going to do one thing in these games against Indiana and Michigan State, is they're going to play for the full 60 minutes. And I think that should be enough to get them this win because it's going to be scrappy, but I just think that at Michigan state it's, I, I, I want to know where, where the motivation is coming from them. Obviously they had the bye week. They, anything could have changed during the bye week. Who knows what was said, what they did, but I'm certainly not motivated. If I'm no, uh, Noah Kim, I think it's that's her name. Like he's probably not playing. So he's, I view him as a non-factor. Hopefully he's being a good backup in the case, but you have a redshirt freshman playing. And I just like Rutgers chances against that. This isn't like I mentioned before, whenever Rutgers is playing a backup quarterback, then we tend to lose those games. Like when Virginia tech was rolling out Kyron drones, I was worried because this is a quarterback. Hey, their, their starters not playing. Well, this guy should have been the starter all along. He's better than, uh, whatever the hell his name is, uh, the other guy that was at Virginia Tech, um, Grant Wells. It, it's In this case, though, it's not like I'm, I'm worried by the skill set of this player. It's either he's going to be a better passer or he's going to be a worse passer. I don't think he's going to be a better athlete necessarily. I'm going to have to go back and watch some film maybe. But, you know, I, I think that this is a game Rutgers loses if they allow big plays, and I don't think that's going to happen because of the way the defense has played this year. So let's keep chopping. Let's get this dub. Five and two. Crazy to say out loud, but very, very, very 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 realistic and and then we we play even more inferior opponent against indiana six and two don't want to get our head of ourselves but that it sounds amazing to say i don't know if i've ever i think the jets last year might have been seven and two i could be wrong there but i don't know the last time i've been a fan of a team that's like six and two with a chance of postseason play just crazy to say Rutgers could be there in two weeks heading into the bye we're about 24 hours from kick once this is released where fans can at least uh, start getting excited about kickoff of this game, and then hopefully by 3.30 can really enjoy the rest of their day with a 5-2 and two Rutgers team that just picked up a big win going on the road to Indiana, another game that we're going to go in thinking that Rutgers can win this game. So for all Rutgers fans out there, enjoy the, the next 24 hours. Again, 
This is a game that you expect to win, a game that Rutgers could win, and one that could tell the story for the rest of the season for the Scarlet Knights. So until we see you again next week, everybody enjoy your weekend and enjoy the game.